All right, so today I have with me Kevin and Lou, health, life, and business consultants, as well as the hosts of the little profanity disclaimer here, Clean Your Fucking House Bitch podcast. Guys, welcome, and please tell me a little bit about yourselves. Thanks for having us, Jorge. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Let's see, where should I start? My goodness, uh, for... I guess I'll give you a little bit about my background. I am by nature somewhat of a left brain person having a degree in mathematics and statistics and working in that industry for so many years. I always had though this little bit of interest in life coaching, health coaching, and pretty much anything to do, I guess I'll say with that right side of the brain that is targeting the emotional side, the creativity side, things like that. And I got into this field about, well, about seven years ago at this point, Read a lot, took some courses, worked with some other people, crossed paths with Kevin and our other colleague, Nancy. We found a common joy and passion for what we do. We decided to just kind of link arms and get together and do this particular podcast in addition to some other projects. And I will say it's just been like a exciting journey from from where I was before. I loved my career and I still love the type of work that I did before, but it's just really wonderful to be on this new path now. Really enjoying it. Hell yeah, Lou. We love having you, dude. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, my journey started a long time ago. I would say in my late teens, I struggled a lot with different different shit, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'd gotten to the point of, of um, you know, wanting to end it multiple times. And I was going through, you know, the traditional society, you know, society recommended methods for trying to cure shit which ended up just being like fucking throwing pills down your throat and uh, none of that really resonated with me and I started just doing research on my own on ways to like be happy you know and just enjoy mm-hmm. life because everyone around me seemed like they had it all figured out everyone was happy obviously wasn't the case uh, but I started d- going down um, different paths just picking up information picking up things that resonated with me and then implementing those things into my life. And I was able to really transform my life, which is still a work in progress. Um, But for me, it was more about wanting to provide some more, uh, provide help with people that might be looking to create some change in their lives. And I just wanted to be, uh, I wanted to have a positive impact on the people around me and the world around me and try to make the world a better place so yeah that's how lou and i met uh and nancy and then we just started this podcast as a way to reach uh reach more people you know just sharing some of the some of the stuff we've done in our own lives that could potentially help other people and here we are yeah no i love it um and we'll get deeper into you know each one of our each one of our kind of stories and how that came to shape what uh I mean, your podcast name, I really want to get into that, of course, right? Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know about this. But then I started looking into, I, I mean, I looked into the um, your bio. Um, I started looking through some of the episodes and I was like, okay, I see, I see where they're going with this. This makes sense. So uh, yeah, kind of walk me through that briefly. Uh, where, where we got the name from? Where you got the name from? Oh, yeah, boy, this is it's amazing. It's it, that is the most common question we get, as I'm sure no surprise to you and, and your listeners. It in the further in time we go, it almost feels like 
not that I'm forgetting, I am up there in age, that could be part of it as well. I'm losing some brain cells here, but it just seems like um, some of what kind of led to it is getting a little fuzzy because we've just done so much since then. However, it really just started with a conversation between all three of us. Our own struggles, Kevin mentioned some of his, and you know, I didn't say all that much in my own introduction there, but I certainly have a lot of my own struggles that I went through as well. But as we just started to share with each other our own personal stories, stories of our work with other clients, we realized, my God, so many people crave change, but don't take action to get the change they want. We started looking up statistics and different articles and experts and all this stuff. And, you know, some 90 to 95 percent, say, of, of people just really are stuck with where they're at or don't achieve their goals, don't make any change. That just led us to the, I guess I'll say expression or maybe some words in our conversations like, well, God damn, do something, do it now, take some action. We're always about being compassionate and understanding with, with each other as well as with our clients. But there's a little bit, of, I, I've always used the term tough love. You know, some folks just need to a little bit of a stronger poke or a little bit more of a stronger motivation to get them going. And as we started to talk more, it just seemed, well, a lot of that, of course, it starts in the mind. And the mind is like our house. It's where we, we live. And folks just really need to clean that fucking house to get rid of that bad shit that got them where they were so they can bring in some good shit and get them where they want to go. That's really the, the genesis of it. I don't even know who started to use the words, but I'm sure each of us threw a bit of a profanity in there to get to the end result. <laughs> to get it started, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was a good uh, good summary, Lou. And I just want to add, Jorge, we, you know, this is not the first, um, the first project that we've done together. And the one that we had previously done before that we were, you know, trying to spread the same message and it was more trying to take a lot of feedback and please everybody. And it just got to a point where it was like, no matter what we did, we couldn't make everybody happy. And so we were just like, fuck it. Like, we're just going to be authentic, be ourselves. And really that's the best way to connect with other people is to just be yourself because your, your personality is going to resonate with certain people and not others, right? So the more authentic we felt we could be, the more that we'd be able to help the group of people that resonate with our type of personalities. So really, yeah. it's just being authentic. Yeah, no, and I wanted to touch on something you said, Lou, which I actually wanted to talk about later on in the podcast, but it's a great time to bring it up now, right? It's a lot of people need this poke. And, you know, Kevin, I mean, your story is, I mean, pretty similar to mine. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't lying or just wanting to get some, some views when I sent, you know, the message on Audrey, that's really what happened to me. I dealt with a uh, very severe depression for a couple of years. And, and for me, it was like, that was the wake up. That was the poke for me. It was like, well, if you keep doing things in the same way, you're going to get to the same place and you're going to end up with the same shit that you've accumulated for the past, you know, 15, 18 years of your life. So why would I keep doing the same thing? I, I ultimately, I decided, you know, like, I'm sure you have some sort of similar, um, I guess, kind of mental activities that happened in your mind that said, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. I need to figure out a way to, to break out of this because this isn't helping me. This isn't helping the people around me. And so um, I guess my question to you guys would be, how do you get, because most people, I would say, don't get to that point where they actually 
it's so severe that they just want to stop living right so how do you actually poke people and nudge people to be like come on man like this is the best thing for you like get out and and you know get healthier get better mentally like how do you do that with the people i work with it, it i don't say anything or do anything suggest anything or advise on anything i don't think that's helpful or again, the folks I work with, uh, just to give you a little bit of context, I myself have also dealt with depression, anxiety, almost feels like this is something of an AA group that we're, we're with here right now. Um, anxiety anonymous, I guess you'd call it. Anyway, <laughs> I dealt with that myself and I'm sure I'm the elder statesman of the group here. So I've had a lot of years of that. And I did get to a point where I did want to kill myself and I will say more than once. And it was not a happy place, not a happy place in the least. And, it, and there was too, too much of that. Now, where I'm going is that the people I work with now need a, a, a bit of help, but I let them figure it out for themselves. It's really, where are you at? Where do you want to go? What will you feel like if you get there, knowing that where you're in right now is a, a bit of depression, anxiety. I, mean, I can get a little bit more about this exact clients that I deal with, my niche, if you will, but it's also... What will happen if you don't go there? What will the cost be? Will it be continued depression, anxiety? Will it be weight gain? Will it be loss of job, loss of relationships, a lot of these things? So it's really about having folks think for themselves what will happen if they don't take some action. And that, more often than not, is the impetus that they need to, to make that change. However, a key factor in what I do, again, particularly with the folks I work with, is... Um, having support it's all it's really support 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 i deal with folks who really do struggle even when their brain says i want to make this happen they just struggle because they feel an app doesn't work for them uh text messages don't work for them a lot of the digital stuff just doesn't work for them they still want that human connection that's what i provide to folks and, and arguably in my the people i work with uh, again that's like 75% of, of the answer, the, the success in helping them to make that change is that they have encouragement and support in other people that are in the same place that they are. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, and that makes a lot of sense. I think support is something that, I'm sorry for the rain, by the way, it just, I don't know if you can still hear me okay, but it's, um, it happened. Yeah, you're this good. Time. Right. Okay, okay, good. Um, yeah, Kevin, how about you? Do you have anything to add to that? You know what? Actually, I froze out while you were talking. What uh, what were you asking us? Sorry. No, no worries. So I was asking, um, how do you kind of nudge people, poke people in the right direction? You know, when they're kind of a little bit unmotivated, maybe they just lack the commitment, maybe not so much necessarily the motivation. I've heard you guys talk about, you know, commitment is more important than motivation because if you're committed, you're going to get out and do the thing. But, you know, what do you have to, to kind of add to that? Well, first and foremost, I think it takes a certain amount of awareness for a person to recognize that they do want change. And that can be uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable, right? You have to get out of your comfort zone and do things that might not feel good or you might not feel the immediate result from. But to summarize, I think the majority of success comes from breaking down the details of what we're currently doing. How are we currently living our lives? How are we currently viewing our life, right? And 
although we're very big into being present and living in the moment, which is the only moment in time we ever really have, right? But also creating a vision. So many people live on autopilot and I'm speaking from how I was and and, and still can naturally get into that, that type of mindset because it's so hardwired into us. Um, but breaking down where we're at and really understanding where we want to go, the type of person we want to become, the career we want to have, the relationship that we want to have, and focusing more on that vision, right? Because if you have a vision, then you can consciously decide what actions to take. Um, but a big, you know, very, there's a lot, there's so many details. A lot of it's mindset too, um, having awareness of our thoughts, how we're thinking, how our thoughts impact our emotions, um, the relationship that we have with ourselves. You know, Lou, you mentioned compassion earlier, that we're compassionate for others. Um, a lot of what we give and send out to other people, we have to also give to ourselves, you know, so the compassion for ourselves, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to fuck up, you know, how quickly can we overcome those challenges, um, and then not avoiding challenges, because every time that we go through something, I mean, the three of us are all kind of talking about a similar backstory with, um, you know, emotional struggles, mental challenges, Every time that we go through something, although we might not recognize it at the time, I feel like everything happens for us and we make it through and we overcome and we become a better version of ourselves for having pushed through those challenges. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, you guys are both talking about opposite things, which will both come together and help, right? Lou, you were talking more about like the negative visualization. What happens if you don't take action, right? You're going to be stuck in the same shit and it probably will get worse if you don't attend to it, whether it be your mental health or whether it be your physical health, it's going to get worse if you do not attend to it. And you need to think about that because that's going to be the poke right there, right? That's going to be the nudge to get your ass moving. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. And, you know, for you, Kevin, what you're talking about is more visualize the type of person you want to be more of a Joe Dispenza-esque type, you know, type deal there. It's really visualized. 100%. Right? Get into that, get into that emotional, um, the emotion of the, of the future, right? It's, you don't want to just copy paste your, your, you know, your, uh, your past to your future, because then you're just going to create this continuous thing. It's, you want to break that pattern of being yourself, as he says, right? And kind of visualize what is, what is that person going to look like? in a month from now a year from now a couple of years from now and really get clear on that on who that person is that's why yeah. we make such an awesome team we all have these different perspectives that we bring together and share with our audience on, on our show yeah, yeah no, i'm a I've, big fan of joe Dispenza, by the way yeah yeah no i noticed that i noticed that like going through some of your uh your interviews um i i wanted to ask you guys so I mean, at the end of this podcast, I really want to get into some practical tools, like, because we're talking about a lot of things. And I think it's sometimes easier said than done. It's like, all right, break this habit of, of you know, eating late at night on binging a bunch of junk food, or whether it be, you know, these thought loops that we have, you know, break this habit of, you know, telling yourself the same things over and over again. And then I, I actually really want to give the audience practical tools to how to go about doing that and the kind of things that you guys do. I know, we talked about in a pre-call, like some mind hacks and we talk about neural networks and action goals versus outcome goals. So I want to get into that a little bit later on, but I want to first relate this to 
I mean, I know people are kind of tired of hearing about COVID, but I mean, we're still kind of living it and the repercussions will be with us for a long time. So I think it's still relevant. So how do we go about kind of deciphering what is true and what isn't? Because this is something that we all kind of experience at all times. And it has a lot to do with personal development because, you know, if your truth is I am this lazy person who doesn't exercise, who doesn't eat healthy, then that's going to become your truth, right? So how do we go about kind of navigating these biases that we have that we may not even know that are programmed in us? Wow, there's a lot there to unpack. Uh, I think, um, if I heard correctly, some of where you were going is about truth and what is our truth. That is one of our episodes that we talked about, and it is a theme that is pervasive throughout all of our episodes. Reality, truth, who do we believe, what are our own beliefs about? I mean, there's just so much there that we hope gets people just thinking, you know, is my belief system the truth is it is it real is it something i can change if i find something else i mean that that's um right in line with the neuroscience area that i know you are a student of and at the end of the day we all got to a place where we said well you know what it almost like what is there seven billion people on the planet now i, I kind of lost count at some point but it's like there's seven billion truths seven billion realities seven billion different experiences that people have been through since birth that created the beliefs that they have, the values that they have, the morals that they have, everything that they're about. And yet we live in a world right now, it seems to me, where it's almost like you're in one of two camps. You're either here or there, them or us, up or down, left or right, whatever you want to call it. There's you know the political side. I kind of went right there with that left and right. But it, it almost seems like people feel they have to fall in one of two camps that one's true, one's wrong. And it's like, oh my goodness, I've always had the belief myself, the mindset that there's a, a gray area, the whole thing is gray, that I'm not always right, even though I think, I'm sure at one time in the past, I thought that, and sometimes I still do. But, <laughs> you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always right. Even when I do as much research as I possibly can, I may not get the answer because the answer may just be so not, it, it may be in an area that can't be found. or has a different context. In other words, exactly what is the answer you're searching for? Is it something that can be easily explained? I guess where I'm going with this is, again, that we just have 7 billion different places that people are at, interpretations of what life is bringing to them, that you know what? It, it's almost like there is no the truth. There's just a bunch of different truths, and we try to all live together as best we can, managing those different realities so that we can just coexist. That's a great answer, Lou, and a great question, Jorge. Um, the, what I like about working with Lou and Nancy is that we all bring a different perspective, and what the two of them have taught me um, has helped me grow tremendously, and that has really been to um, not trying to not have biases, right? So you mentioned we have this programming, we have these neural networks we've developed over years, we have these belief systems. And I think the first step, for me at least, to kind of trying to break that down is just to go inside. I think we're always looking for truth externally, looking for the answers. And I think there's a lot more that we can find internally inside of us than externally. And 
to develop what you think things are. Lou was spot on, in my opinion, with the 7 billion different perspectives and perceptions of this world, right? And let's be honest, none of us really know what the fuck is going on. Like, we think we do, but we're all really trying to figure it out. If we knew what was going on, there would be no debate, right? So paying attention in life to the things that resonate with you is so vital because I believe that allows you to live a life of authenticity. Like Lou and I do not agree on a lot of stuff, but he has conviction with his beliefs and I have conviction with mine. And that allows us to live more authentically. But then on the flip side, and this is where it gets tricky, is once you develop a belief system, are you any longer open to learning about anything else? Like Lou and Nancy like to talk shit because I looked in the flat earth and I just wanted to know why Why are people talking about it? It seems ridiculous. I tried to go in with an open mind and I was blown away by the amount of information that I found on why people believe that theory. And a lot of it made sense to me. So I try to open myself up to all the different perspectives in life and the different cultures, different spiritual belief systems and try to be open to as much as possible, knowing that I will never know everything. And I might believe in certain things because they resonate really deeply with me, but that doesn't mean that if someone else doesn't share that belief that they're wrong and I'm right. I think that, you know, at the end of of our life cycle, when we finally know what the hell this is and we have those answers, I think everything's going to kind of fall into uh, some type of middle ground or gray area between everybody and what everybody thinks. And ultimately, you know, a lot of a lot of the things in life, one, one, one perspective that I do feel like is if it's if there are things that separate one another as human beings and cause drama, arguments, hate, anger, those are the things that I would probably try to avoid. Instead, let's respect one another's beliefs and just try to learn from them. You know, you might disagree with a hundred things that somebody says about a subject, but there might be one thing that makes sense to you and, and slightly changes your perspective of that, on the, of that subject. So be a little bit more open. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much there. I, I feel like I really resonated when you said you can find more truth internally than externally, if I'm getting that right. And you know, that, that was true with me. I mean, my, my book, as you guys you know, if you skimmed over my book, you'll find that a lot of it was me trying to figure out what was going on. I mean, and for me, it was not only for my own health, but what was going on with COVID because, you know, getting, I getting into conspiracy theories and then going all the way on the opposite side and being like, no, the science is, is right. And listen to the scientists and like, there's so much middle ground here. And if I turn myself off to the people that were spouting conspiracy theories, honestly, I, I would miss things. Hold on a second heard that one (laughs) and then if i went on the other side of the spectrum and said no don't listen to anything those conspiracy theorists are saying i'd also miss things so i think you're right i think and i'm gonna totally butcher this bruce lee quote but he says something along the lines of like take things that really are valuable from everyone and leave what is not right and make it your own and so i think that's absolutely true when we're talking about trying to figure out what's going on because you're right nobody knows and for me my story was like I was trying to 
figure out what the truth was externally. And I wasn't really learning much about myself. I was really like, I was getting so abrasive with like politics during that time. And I thought, oh, it's the politics. This is the problem. The world is the problem. But I wasn't looking at myself. And I was like, why am I getting so emotionally heated up about this? This is my problem. This is not the world's problem. Right. And so when I learned that it was like, it was like, oh my God, like what, what have I been doing? You know what, that's, that's something, sorry, Lou, uh, that I did want to add to it is being open to things, but definitely paying attention to how things affect you. You know, we always talk about being like getting healthy physically or being in shape and, and the food that we consume. We don't as often think about the content that we consume, the information that we consume. And dude, I went down every fucking rabbit hole with COVID and everything and beyond, dude. And it got a, it got to a point where I was just super affected, man. I was like feeling down and hopeless with this world and the people in it. And it just didn't serve me. And I'm not saying, you know, try to be ignorant to things that are in front of you, but if there's stuff that you're just consuming daily, day in and day out for hours on end that make you feel like shit or that are full of hatred or anger, how are you going to feel? You know, and I'm, I'm a big believer in taking responsibility for our own emotions, um, not being a victim to anything externally, filling your cup first, making sure you are where you need to be. And then I feel like you can have a bigger impact on the world around you if you take care of yourself first. And so if you want to go down those rabbit holes, absolutely do it. But are they serving you? Really pay attention. Are they making, are they making you a better person? That's exactly where I was, what I was going to say is what's important. Is it important to one be right when it comes to a certain subject? Or just say, you know what, I don't care the way. That's not going to change who I am, what I am, where I want to go. Let me just kind of move on and, and keep doing my thing, even if I feel someone else is wrong. And to kind of, I guess I'm going to maybe take the Bruce Lee quote and, and add a, another layer to it. But it's not just take what's valuable from other people, but what makes sense? What's common sense? Because I think there is a, a, a grain of truth in what everyone says or believes. You know, there's... Because they come across things, things that we may not. So there's got to be a little bit in there that makes sense that we shouldn't discount. There could be some things, obviously, that would not make sense. And maybe some that are just so uh, obvious, like Kevin said, right in front of your face. So you go, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. But there's always a little grain of truth in what, in what everyone says. So it's all about prioritizing. I read something not all that long ago. And Jorge, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, because it is in the neuroscience field. But, you know, we always talk about living positively, it is going to help you achieve your goals, make you a better person, make you feel better physically and mentally. But I read something that in with our brains, when we con- consistently and constantly consume negative forces, vibes, information, news, things from other people that are infectious, negative vibes from them, it is much more difficult for us to then take a, a positive uh, uh, antidote to that to bring ourselves out of it than it is to say where we're at and to become more positive. I'm not sure if I phrase that correctly, but it just takes a lot more energy for us to pull ourselves out of a hole to get back to where we were 
than it does to climb higher from where we started. And I found that fascinating because that says a lot about where we are as a society in terms of all of this negative death spiral is just gripping a lot of people. And I think it's getting more and more increasingly difficult for people to pull themselves out of that hole. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I, I, I dealt with this firsthand. It was, you know, part of how I realized that I was really, I was spiraling down into a, a bad place. And it, at that point, it wasn't, so the facade I had going on in my head was, I'm trying to figure out the truth, but that that really wasn't true. I was just getting more and more sucked into this anger and fear response. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it does tear away at you. And, and you know, I'm not sure about that particular study, but it makes a lot of sense to me that if you have people trying to just like pull you down, I don't know what the, the exact, um, there's a phrase for this, but it's like something like frogs in a bucket or something, just like pulling you down and like you're at the top, you're trying to get out. But if there's all this negative energy pulling at you, it's going to be really hard to get it, get to the top, right? Get out of there. I think it's crabs. I remember that story. It's something with crabs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But it's true. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you, you mentioned a word um, that I think is important to highlight with all this going on in just life in general, and that's fear. So many people, myself included, I know I generalize a lot, but I think the things I say are true, at least they're my truth. Um, a lot of people live in fear and make decisions out of fear. And when you really break it down, I don't feel like there's a whole lot that any of us should be fearful of. And I think that we should make an effort to make most of our decisions based out of love. Um, one, one example that Lou and I uh, work together on is, is career, um, talking about people and Lou and I were kind of stuck in this position too, but working like a fucking, you know, in the rat race, working a nine to five, doing something that wasn't uh, entirely fulfilling, but feeling like we had to do it. And not to say that people don't have bills and stuff, but I mean, with, with some planning and conscious decisions, we can set our lives up however we choose. You know, some of us have been dealt better hands than others, but it's all how you play your hand in life, right? So I guess one practical thing that people can do that could make a big impact because it's helped me. I know it's helped Lou, but stop living in fear. Fuck fear. Start living in love and making decisions based on what you want. Don't worry about the influences of other people. Live for yourself. It's your life. And to bring that full circle, Jorge, that connects directly with what you mentioned earlier about don't live your life by just taking, say, the past five years and copying and pasting it to the next five. That's exactly what's going to happen if you let that fear continue. So now I kind of want to shift gears and talk a little bit more on the, on the practical side, right? So we've talked about all these kind of loops that we get into. And, you know, if you don't start to actually visualize what you want and visualize where you don't want to end up, you're probably not going to take action. So I guess visualization of both the negative and the positive would probably be a pretty helpful technique, but are there any other kind of tools that you guys think about or kind of methods to break people out of the loop of just, you know, staying in the same place, basically? Yeah, one thing that uh, that comes to mind for me that I, I feel like is very impactful, and again, a lot of what has helped me has been breaking down what I currently do. 
but the a lot of the societies that we live in around the world now are very big on immediate gratification and when we talk about setting goals and goal achievement we tend to think of outcomes and i know i mentioned having a vision of where you want to go but what i've realized throughout making personal development a full-time job for myself clients is what's more important than what you get out of the changes are is who you become so instead of simple practical thing with goals if you know the majority of people don't have goals you should get some but when you have goals instead of focusing on the outcome just create action goals so instead of i want to lose 50 pounds i want to get to the gym three days a week even if it's just to walk on the treadmill right so achieve these little action goals that you create and lou you know you mentioned i, I was cutting out when you were talking about motivation um, but you mentioned that commitment, I believe, is more important than motivation, right? Mm -hmm. um, everybody wants motivation. And, and the problem is we always want to wait until we're motivated to do shit. I think what Lou said is so important is you want to be committed. You know, the, the difference between a person that's successful and not successful is that a successful person still goes through with what they need to do, regardless if they don't want to. I don't know. That's I'm paraphrasing a quote, and I don't know by who. But motivation i think the biggest influence of creating motivation is accomplishment so if you're feeling like not doing anything on a certain day but you do have goals and you know what actions to take just do them and if you do that for a week and really push yourself to get uncomfortable get out of your comfort zone and do things you don't feel like doing at the time you're gonna feel awesome like i remember i was overweight at one point um pretty pretty overweight. I was, I was fucking fat. And um, I wanted, I was so sick of feeling like shit, right? Um, I ended up creating a routine and a diet plan and all this stuff. And I would fail time after time. And at a certain point, I said, this isn't working, I had to change it. And so my goal was only to get to the gym. And I would go at five in the morning before work. That's just what worked for me. And I was uncomfortable going to the gym when there was a lot of people there. So I would go and there's not a lot of people, 5 a.m. There were, there were mornings that I would pull up into the parking lot and I wouldn't even go in, right? But my goal was to get there and I got there. And that evolved into just get there and do something. So some days I would go in and I would walk on the treadmill for a half hour or whatever. Every time I force myself to go, maybe not the times I sat in the parking lot and turned around, but every time that I went in and got something done, I never once was leaving the gym regretting that I had gotten up early. I was dead tired, but I got there. I always felt better when I was leaving. And that was the motivation. I knew no matter how shitty I felt, no matter how much of a lack of sleep I got the night before, if I got there and did something, I would feel better by the time I was leaving. Well, wow, there's a, a, I guess in terms of, first of all, wow, Kevin, I, I don't think there's much more really I can add to that because a lot of what I do is very similar to the things you do when we work with our, our different types of clients. And quite frankly, no matter if you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 60, change that you want takes, I guess I'll say a similar type of mindset 
to make it happen. Like we're talking about commitment, commitment at any age to kind of go where you want to go. Uh, in addition to all the, I guess we'll say from a practical standpoint, the goal setting, the action planning, action goals, yes, very important, not just outcome goals. And quite frankly, I think those can be demoralizing when you don't hit a certain outcome goal. It makes you feel like you, you want to quit and it sets you back as opposed to just saying, okay, yeah, I did go to the gym three times a week. I may not have done a lot on one of those days, but quite frankly, I made it there. And that's a big thing. That is for me, the most important part of how I help people make the change they want is that beginning step, that first step, making things so simple, breaking out whatever kind of goal you have, even if it is an outcome goal, although we help to kind of translate those into action goals, whatever the outcome goal is, let's say it is 50 pounds. Well, you know what? Let's not talk 50. Let's talk one pound a month. Let's talk half a pound a week. I mean, just break it up into something so simple that it's easy to do. And if I remember reading a book about this. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it's, it goes along the lines of that. It's something that's so easy to do, but also can also be so easy not to do. So you want to make sure you continue to do it. But start simple, start small. That will give you, you know, you have a commitment to something. That kind of gives you a little bit of that motivation to start. A good example in terms of weight loss, when I work with folks, you know what? If you are so dead set against going to a gym or just even getting out and walking because you feel like it's not going, it just feels like you're going against the grain. You know what? The first day, just put your shoes next to the bed, your sneakers, your walking shoes. Day two, maybe put your, your, your shorts and your um, t-shirt there along with your sneakers and your socks. Little by little, just get yourself there to where, you know, maybe by the end of the week, you're just walking around the apartment. Then pretty soon you're walking around the building, then outside. It's about just simple, simple steps. There is a story about a British cycling coach who used this principle called the 1% aggregation of gains, I believe it's called. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the gentleman's name. I, uh, I actually use this story so much and having a brain fog moment. But it's all about that very simple concept of starting very small. And what Kevin said, instant gratification. Yeah, we may not see change one day later, two days later, maybe even three days later. But if you compare where you're at now to one week from now, one month from now, six months from now, a year from now, of course, you're going to see that dramatic change. But people either want to see it or feel it change so immediately that that's also what prevents them from getting where they want to go. So we, I talk a lot about with folks about just that break it down, make it very simple, make it very easy to do. Go at your own pace, no matter how slow it is. You don't have to get there tomorrow, whether it takes you a year or two years, but you're going to make it. And that to me is, is really the key to helping folks that I work with is that beginning step, that very first step to making it happen. Yeah. And you know, th that makes a lot of sense. This is something that I talk to my clients about all the time is, you know, yeah, we'll talk about sleep. We'll talk about stress management. We'll talk about diet and we'll talk about all these other things, but you can't do all of them at once and you can't expect for it to stick. You need to do one little thing one tweak a week. I mean, something like that. And that I give credit to Matty Lansdowne. I actually had him on the podcast um, earlier, but that, that's his big thing. He's a nutritionist and, and nutritional psychologist. And so his thing is do one little thing a week, like you're talking about. And, you know, to kind of wrap it up, what you, what you guys are talking about here is action or no commitment will help you to lead to an action, which will then help to lead to an accomplishment, whether it be a big or a little accomplishment. And that accomplishment will actually give you motivation and kind of feed back into the other two. And it'll help you kind of keep that cycle going. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, is there 
Is there any other kind of mental tool that you guys use? Um, I know you guys, we mentioned like mind hacks in our, in our, um, in our pre-call. You know what I did want to, Lou, did you want to go? I'm going to kind of no, take no, it so a different way. Well, I was just so going to say, throw I, it off. yeah, I'm just going to be from a more, a much more general perspective. And, and Kevin, I know you're going to run with it and, may, and peel back that onion into more deeper layers, but you know, it really starts with awareness and positive self-talk. You know, we talk in our podcast, the language, the thoughts, the words we use, you certainly don't want to have words like I can't, or I shouldn't, or I won't, or anything like that. But even word choice, word choice matters from another perspective. In other words, uh, let's say you you are running late for an appointment and you uh, have, you know meet up with the party that you had the appointment with rather than say oh i'm sorry i'm late that kind of brings about a kind of a negative connotation to it like you did something wrong say thank you for waiting i appreciate that any any kind of word choice language you know helps us to be feel more positive and, and better about ourselves and uh, th- just that daily thing alone helps move people in a different direction. That's just one little minor, if you want to say a brain hack. I mean, there's just so many that we talk about in our show, but uh, it, it, it's again, it's, it's about having proper language and also emotional response. This is something we talk a lot about too, is whatever happens to you, kind of just take a moment and think about it. Don't react instantly. It's how you respond to something that matters, not uh, the emotional reaction which oftentimes, you know, we, <laughs> Kevin will share his road rage stories and, uh, <laughs> well, I'll get into it right now, man. <laughs> These shitty drivers. No, that was well said, go. Lou. Um, I, so you mentioned mental and I think from the mental standpoint, the best thing that we can do is to just continuously learn in order to grow you know, and you can get so much information from podcasts, reading books, um, documentaries sometimes. But what I, what, what came to me when you asked that brought up kind of my experiences with what I've gone through and it ended up, you know, all the goals were never anything more than physical goals for the most part. Um, it ended up being a spiritual journey for me. And that happened through meditation. Um, through going deep within, I really got a good understanding of who I was at that time and was able to develop the relationship and kind of build my relationship with myself. A lot of us have difficulty being alone right now. A lot of, you know, there's so much stimulus everywhere all the time. We want to keep our minds busy or we start thinking about shit that upsets us. We can develop the ability to choose our thoughts, emotions, and actions. And I think that's huge. And from the standpoint of accomplishment and goals, if you can really pay attention to the small changes that occur within you, as you start to make these changes in your life, it might not be a big outcome like Lou said, but you might realize you're a, you're 1% more patient than normal. The drivers on the road piss you off 5% less than they normally do. There's so many small changes that you can recognize as you go through things. If you pay attention, um, gratitude, 
is another huge one. Gratitude can change your life if you focus on the things you're grateful for, because so many of us focus on lack and we focus on what we don't have or who we are not. Be grateful for what you have while you have it. And I'm not saying that you can't make improvements. I think that's important in life is to continuously grow, but be grateful for what you have. That is a very high vibration emotion and it can only attract more of that into your life. So concentrating on these, on these high vibration emotions, continuously improving, being grateful for what you have, and then just stay on your path. No doubt we all have a lot of clutter in our house that we've built up over the years. Some are total hoarders, quite frankly. There's just so much in there that needs to get moved, but start with one box a day, one thing a day, toss them out, and pretty soon you're... <laughs> You have so much space there for getting you where you want to go. I love that. I think that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you guys so much. Where, before we end, though, uh, where can people find out more about uh, you both? Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere up there are podcasts. Clean your fucking house, bitch. And, uh, yeah, come interact with us. Come give us a listen. Reach out to us whatever works. And Jorge, thank you for having us so much. Thank you very this much. This was a great Jorge. discussion. You got it. You guys are great. It was a pleasure thank talking you. to you guys. All you right. as well. Let me try to stop this.